Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is Ramin Forgani, the producer and moderator of the podcast. But also, we have a full staff on hand today. Bree Singleton is here. She will provide some girls' coverage later in the episode. But first, I want to introduce to everybody Trent Markwith. Trent, how are you, sir? I'm good. How about you? Thanks for having me. I am doing quite well. Trent has been putting in the long hours. You probably see, have seen him uh, perusing around Georgia Tech and Georgia State team camp. And uh, before we jump into everything you've seen so far this summer, Trent, if you just want to give us a little background uh, rundown on your basketball uh, experiences in life and how you started to join Sandy Spiel. Of course. Well, I graduated from Roswell High in 2015, and I played my last two years at Millsaps College out in Jackson, Mississippi, but I'll be transferring to uh, Wofford College to attend school this uh, fall. And I've always just really had a passion to be around the game. I've been involved with a few AAU programs. I'm always around at tournaments and camps and stuff, and I've always kind of been interested in tournament coverage and stuff like that and i've kind of finally put it into action this summer and you know it's been a great opportunity to write some with kyle and be involved with sandy spiel so um, i'm really enjoying it right now and trent i am uh, i'm definitely glad you're aboard but before we jump right into all the coverage let's let ramin and Bree say hello real quick <laughs> hey guys how are everybody doing hello how's everyone all right, now we got all the the good stuff out of the way. Let's get down to the nitty gritty, Mr. Trent. You were at Georgia State Friday and Saturday this past week, and you saw a lot of good basketball. And let's just start with a little overall overview of your top teams. And it looks like the team that impressed you the most would probably be Parkview. Yeah, I saw a lot of Parkview. I saw them earlier in the week at Duluth, and then uh, caught them again at Georgia State. Saw a few of their games. And there's some uncertainty going into the season for them because they lost some transfers to Shiloh. But they were they were really good at Georgia State with uh, Amir Langless inside. He's their go-to guy and really really gets them going with his tough play inside. But they also have a bunch of guards that defend like crazy. They're they're really tough, pesky, and they can they can score on offense as well. So there there's a lot to like from that team. And uh, they won the championship against Cedar Shoals. Um, Cedar Shoals is a team that lost nine seniors, but they picked up Tyler Johnson and Quinty Canty from Athens Christian, both 2020 players, and they're really good additions for them. Canty is a versatile forward, does a lot for them. Johnson has it all on offense, scoring for them throughout the whole weekend at all three levels. I, I like that team a lot, even though they – did lose a bunch of guys to graduation. And then I saw St. Pius once again. They were probably my favorite team at Georgia Tech and, uh, you know, saw a lot of the same from them, fundamental, energetic play, you know, all in all the time. The Gonzalez twins, they missed some time during uh, the Georgia State camp, and Everett Lane really stepped up. He, he's a guy that thrives in the big moments, wants to take the big shots, want, you know, loves the spotlight. And Zach Ranson had a really good weekend for them. Even though he's undersized as a forward, he plays super hard with a lot of intensity. He's a fiery competitor also. And my fourth team was Miller Grove. 
So without Tay Hardy, um, Maurice Harvey has really stepped up. I saw him in May with the Atlanta Celtics, and it looks like he's improved even from then as a shooter and a ball handler at the point guard spot. And his go-to guys down low are Jermon Clark and Kevin Page, you know, two big guys, soft touches around the rim, really physical, you know, does a lot for that team. And I want to go back a little bit to Amir Langless. What specifically did you see from him? I always have given him a hard time in the past saying he needs to put on some weight. He's pretty young for his classification Mm -hmm. still. But I think from the photo that you snapped at, it did look like he put on a little bit of muscle. And what did you just see from him offensively? Was he more back to the basket? Was he facing up, getting to the basket? What did you see from him? Uh, he was back to the basket a lot. It looks like he – I hadn't seen him much before this summer, but it looks like he has gotten stronger. I mean, he was trying to bully guys down low and get to that left hand, go over his right shoulder for easy baskets. He was getting a bunch of offensive rebounds, so – I think you would like what you see from him now. And then another another two players that you mentioned over at Cedar Shoals, mm-hmm. uh, Quincy Canty and uh, Tyler Johnson. Those two guys leaving Athens Christian, really yep. just uh, a huge blow to Athens Christian. Two guys going into their sophomore seasons that were going to really – promote that team, boost them up into the Elite Eight Final Four conversation. Uh, what do you see from Canty? I know he's a, he's a pretty good athlete. He's about 6'5", has some good size to him. Uh, was he hitting the, the face-up jump shots, or was he getting the, the job done on the paint? What exactly is he going to bring to a Cedar Schultz team that's really been guard-oriented for the past few years mm-hmm. with Flan Fleming, uh, Snipe Hall, all those guys all graduated now. But what does Canty really bring that can really help Dreco bring this team to the next level? Well, yeah, early on in the camp, I saw a lot from him on the glass offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds finishing around the rim. But then he started to show a, a lot of mid-range just catching it in in rhythm and going up for mid-range shots and I was you know, I was really impressed with that it gave them a nice inside out presence which is you know really good for a player that young and a guy like uh Tyler Johnson I feel like when I used to see him play with Club Orange earlier in this summer Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a kid that I don't know. He's was listed at like five eleven or six foot. When when you watch him play, you feel like he's about six three, six four out there because he's just so active. He can rebound pretty pretty well from the guard spot. He can get hot from deep, and that's a guy that really brings it on both ends of the floor. Was he bring that same intensity for Cedar Shoals now at his new home? Oh yes, definitely. I I like his game all around. He he did a lot for them. You know, it seemed like every other possession he was involved in something, you know, giving them production on both ends. And then lastly, I know Maurice Harvey, he picked up a Georgia State offer. Uh, do you yeah. think he's ready to really lead this team in the right direction? It sounds like Jalen Mason is going to be transferring out. So uh, with Tay Hardy gone, Jalen Mason gone, it looks like the the team is going to roll the ball out and let Harvey try and uh, lead him in the right direction with those two bigs down low as well. Yeah, from what I saw, I think he's embraced that role, and that's what he wants. He wants to be that go-to guy, you know, the primary ball handler, and he's with his vision as well. You know, everyone has known him as, like, a really good finisher in transition where he shows his athleticism, but he he did really well in the half court this weekend too. And then we talked about those uh, those top teams and everything, but what about some of these under-the-radar teams? I know you saw about three or four teams that you think uh, most people might not think of them as being traditional powers, but they could sneak up on some teams and make a postseason push. 
Yeah, I think definitely with the uh, those under-the-radar teams I noted, I think especially in the regions they have, they can make some noise. Um, Johns Creek, they were really young last year. Um, they're mostly guard-oriented. I think their main guy will, this year will probably be uh, Nate Gothrow. He's a really good offensive player for them, mostly known as a shooter, but started to show some signs off the dribble this weekend too. And then rising junior Neil O'Henry, he's a really physical guard for his age, and he he was just going inside like nobody's business this weekend, plowing through guys. And then they also have Will Penland, another rising senior, to go along with Guthrie, who can heat up from outside really quickly and, you know, be basically be unconscious from out there. And I also saw Westminster. They were missing two starters in Paris Howland and uh, Carter Austerling. Um, but Eli Berry stepped up for them a lot. He's a rising junior. They're a really young team as well. Pretty much all their guys are rising juniors and sophomores. And they have, you know, three or four guys that will hit a lot of shots from the outside as well. Really fundamental on offense, on selfish play, stuff like that. So I think they could do well in that region with, Pace, who who lost Wendell Carter and everything. And then same with Lovett. They're also in that region with Pace and Westminster. You know, missing Ryan Greer now, who's transferring up to Massachusetts. Uh, I think Nick Jackson is is going to step up in his place. Football guy, really strong body, you know, nonstop motor. He he does a, does a lot for them. And then they have uh, Crawford Schweiger on the outside and Lance Beck, both guys who are going to hit shots consistently for them and showed some flashes off the dribble when guys start to fly out on them and identify them as shooters. And they were also missing Evan McCown and Peyton Ringer, who were both key guys on their team last year to go to the Elite Eight. So I think those three teams, people probably won't talk about them much heading into the season, but later on, as we get into February, they might be making some noise. And just how big of a blow is it that Ryan Greer has left Lovett. I know he was just Mr. Everything for them. Uh, he, yeah. he goes up north. What do you think about Lovett's chances to make a little postseason run like they did this year? Well, I think it's going to be tough because of you know how much they depended on him, and it's going to take a lot of uh, adjusting because just everything he created off the dribble, you know, not just for himself but creating things for other guys. But Jackson looks like he's going to step up there some, and same with those other supporting guys around him. And they're they're really well coached, so I think they're they're going to figure something out to adjust and and be ready to go to the uh, state playoffs again. Yeah, Crawford Schweiger, he really uh, benefits from a good point guard that can get him exactly. the ball when he sets his feet. He's a, he's a very very good shooter. So uh, mm-hmm. a guy like Greer, gra- or not graduating but transferring out, that can hurt them a little bit. But I want to look at a, a GISA team you. Uh, took a look at as well two transfers into holy spirit prep holy spirit prep is really becoming a vacuum for getting good players uh i think they're one of the probably i gotta say they're the best team outside of the ghsa in the state of georgia and they can mm-hmm. compete with a lot of teams in the ghsa uh it's a shame that they're in the jesus so we don't see them as much but yeah. it's one of the best teams in the entire state and i hear they got two more tranches that look pretty good to you yeah, uh, Jalen Dunham, he was coming from Campbell, uh, Campbell, where he didn't get too much playing time last year, but I, I was impressed with him a lot. He's a strong lefty, fearless, and can shoot some from the outside. And then uh, Christian Fussell from Stockbridge, he's a rising uh, sophomore. I think he has a lot of upside. He's about six seven, six eight, really smooth shot from the outside. And I think uh, 
Coach McClare will really do a good job with him getting him some toughness and being active inside. I think he could be a really good player for them to pair along with uh, Georgie Maslenikov and Kamani Johnson inside. And we didn't even get to mention, what about Anthony Edwards? He is just a, he's a stud, right? You've seen yeah, him. he's one of the guys I highlighted uh, after the Georgia Tech camp. He was doing the same thing this weekend. He you know, just took over at stretches when they needed someone to step up as a scorer. You know, it, he's, he's one of the best players in 2020, I think. And now that we covered top teams, under-the-radar teams, let's go to some individual players. And I know you, you touched on some individuals from a couple handful of teams. Who would you see mm-hmm. that really stood out to you? Uh, I think maybe one of the most impressive guys was uh, Will Huzzy from Duluth. In the games I saw him, they were running, a, I think it was a 1-2-2 press, and he was at the top, and he was creating havoc the entire weekend, getting his hands-on deflections, everything. And he, he's a really good energy guy from them, a strong hybrid forward, goes up for dunks, is you know is that ultimate energy guy from them. And Lamont Smith from Duluth also, he, he knows that Flagler is the go-to scorer there, and he's really speedy guard that distributes well. He, I think he's going to have a really nice season for them also. And then another guy was uh, Eric Coleman from Kings Ridge. He's been starting to get some offers lately. And his Kings Ridge team, they don't have much around him as, in terms of scoring and everything. So he has to do a lot. But at 6'6", he can shoot pretty athletic, you know, starting to get some moves off the dribble. So I, he's, a, he's a guy to keep an eye on this season. And yeah. then... Hmm? Oh, I, I was just going to interject. I do like Coleman's yeah. game. I think he's a, a nice target for a Kennesaw who's been so reluctant to ever even extend an offer. I think it's hilarious that right when Definitely. Trey Brodnax, uh leaves for Montverde, right when he leaves the, the <laughs> state border, okay, here's the scholarship offer now to a kid that's going to Montverde. I don't think he's going to Kennesaw. But uh-huh. uh, that's that's nice that they, uh, did, they did offer Coleman. I think he has gotten a little more agile. Like you said, the ball handling is something that's going to, come along with that but he's a very good shooter right now he's kind of like a a a stretch four but he's going to end up being a a three once he just gets uh, more comfortable handling the ball some more I know he does play on the wing a lot uh right now he's probably more of that that face up that can be a combo forward get you some minutes to some minutes on uh at the three and the four position but i just want to throw that in there and go ahead with your next uh couple of players yeah just got uh two more guys first uh garrison powell from holy innocence he's only a rising freshman i saw him at emory a few weeks ago with the 14 new georgia stars team who's really good and that kid is really confident he does a lot of different things on offense for them can score in a variety of ways and isn't isn't scared to show it either he plays with a, an edge about him that you don't expect from a rising freshman. I think he's going to do a lot for them with those three uh, graduating seniors and Cole Smith and Jules Irving. And then uh, Brady O'Connell from Milton. I I wanted to see more from him after the Georgia Tech camp with uh, Christian Wright and Ulyric Linton, Donovan Harrison doing a lot. It seemed like you know he wasn't uh, playing with too much intensity or wasn't always active, but he, he really stepped it up this weekend and showed you – know, that he could be, you know, the next O'Connell brother to go on to college and and be a top prospect. He's about six seven or so. Uh, really got got a nice some nice dunks in transition and started to show his touch around the basket, slashing from the wing, which is really nice for a player at his size. 
So I think I think uh, Coach Whitehart will will get a lot out of him this year. And then one of my favorite players, uh, I guess what he's going to be. I think he's going to be a senior now. I'm, I might be wrong. But, uh, no, I think he's going to be a junior. Uh, one of my favorite guys, though, it's just an energy, bundle of energy that really hustles and does the dirty work is Joseph Jones over at Northview. Uh, yes. He's only, what, like 5'8 or something, but he plays above the rim and he plays his butt off every single mm-hmm. play. What do you see from him? Because I'm really a big fan of his. Oh, it's, it's the same thing you were talking about. He he was blowing past guys in transition throughout the weekend a really nice compliment to uh justin brown on the wing for them and he he's just starting to develop a nice uh, uh skill set offensively too saw some mid-range jumpers good ball handling from him but yeah he's he's one of those guys who plays hard all the time and you'd love to see that uh thank you for the uh the great insight on georgia state trent that is uh top-notch stuff right there and i just want to before we we scoot on over to the girls side of things since i'm over here in augusta i figured i'd give you a little (laughs) a little rundown on the butler high school shootout and uh the butler shootout it was um pretty good uh a lot of games got switched around and the schedule was ever-changing and the ac did go out but uh it's summer ball it's not always going to be perfect but I was able to see a couple good teams. Lakeside, Evans, uh, it's going to be a strange new world without Dion Barry. And I think we're going to come to figure out that he was kind of a safety blanket for Coach Jeffrey Williams and Kalen Williams, the point guard over there. Uh, at 6'5", 6'6", he was just high motor and did everything, could shoot the three, rebounded exceptionally well. Now that he's finally graduated, it's Kalen Williams' team full-time now. And we know he can score the ball. Uh, does get a little dribble happy with it, and he plays with a chip on his shoulder, which is good. But uh, the the kid that's really going to help them out a ton is transfer that's going to be just a sophomore, Tyshawn Briscoe. Man, he can shoot the lights out. He hit about six threes against Aquinas. He can he can really play. Um, I don't know if Kalen's going to be able to, to carry the team like they did last year uh, as far as they did win the region championship and everything. I think with Barry and out, it's going to expose uh, the inside game and just how much they're really going to have to rely on Williams. But with Briscoe coming in there, I think that's going to help out the Panthers so, so much. Uh, another three-point shooter. And when they're they're hitting their threes and you got Brad Hilly that can still hit the three and he, he looks a little better off the dribble now, he can go into the lane. Uh, it, when Lakeside's hitting threes, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But if they're cold from deep and Kalen Williams isn't, able to slash into the lane i think lakeside can struggle at times but i think they're still going to be one of the better teams in their region and another team i saw or i didn't get to see but i've been hearing great things glenn hills i think glenn hills really has a shot to come out of that augusta based region and uh class two a and really make some noise they have a big three which you don't really see at the high school level, you got six foot eight Timmy Sellers inside, who just picked up a South Carolina State offer. Uh, he needs to get in the gym a little bit more and get in some better shape. But the the intangibles are there. But it's just up to him if he wants it. He can definitely go get and become a mid major big man. Uh, you can't teach that size, and he is a pretty good athlete when he puts his mind to it. So you got a, a big guy inside, which the Augusta area is usually starved for size like that, and he can actually play. You got him. You got Trey Whitehead, who's going to be a sophomore. Now, I saw him with the 15U uh, Southern Stampede, and I was wondering who the heck is this kid 
during the travel circuit, and I never got to find out. And then I find out Trey Whitehead is John Whitehead over at Glen Hills. Now that's a six-four wing, a great athlete, gets up and down in transition. He can do a lot of good things. So that's a, that's a piece that is going to be a very a very play a very big role for Coach McCray moving forward. He averaged ten points a game as a freshman. I like his game-changing ability. He could play good defense when he puts his mind to it as well, just with that length and athleticism. But the guy that's really going to steer the drink is a transfer in from West Side Augusta, Isaiah Bowman. He's been playing with Sports Academy South and was a lead dog. Uh, he's a floor general out there, but he's a bucket getter. Uh, he plays with some great fire, great intensity. That's a kid that can really score. He's kind of been overshadowed the last few years at West Side. Justin Phillips got the bulk of the shots, and he averaged, I don't know, maybe about 10 points or something like that. But now going into his final season, he's at Glen Hills. He can handle the ball. He can score. Uh, Glen Hills, they should finish atop their region, at least in that 1-2 spot. Uh, and I think Isaiah Bowman's going to have a big breakout year just with his toughness and ability to score the ball. But the team that they're going to be chasing, who everyone's been chasing, has been Laney. Now, I saw Laney. Uh, they press. They press a lot. I know Laney gets a lot of calls from what I hear over here. They're going to be super aggressive. If you don't have strong guards mentally and physically, Laney's going to eat you up. But if you have good guards and you can run your offense and get into your tempo, you could beat Laney. Laney's tallest player is only about 6'3". They're just going to play extremely hard, and they're going to, they're going to trap all over the place. But the thing that worries me about Laney, once you get out of these Richmond County circles and they call the game a little different and they don't, they don't care about what's on the front of the jersey, you can't be grabbing and fouling all the time. They love to hack you and use their hands and get up all, all on you. Uh, that, that can be troublesome when it comes to the state tournament time when you, you get outside of your comfort zone. Uh, they're going to have to be a little better with their defense as far as not grabbing and not fouling and using their feet to stay in front of people. But Donald Henley, I really like him, a senior guard. I think he, he can score the ball for him and he can distribute the ball very well. I think he's going to be the, the the lead dog for Laney this year. And as far as he goes, is going to be as far as Laney goes. And then lastly, Aquinas, Class A private, 26-2 and two last year. Everyone's coming back. Uh, there's been... A little, I want to say a bumpy off season. just people being hurt and not everyone being able to attend everything. Still haven't seen them at full strength. They finished up 10-3 and three, uh, this past week playing at South Carolina State and the Butler shootout. Trey Gomillion was all-area player, second-team all-state. He tore his meniscus. He should be back in a, about a month or two. But with him sideline, that's given a lot of people great opportunities to step up and really – uh, make a statement and earn their spot on the rotation with a couple new faces there. One of the best new faces has been Devin Barnes, an incoming freshman who's kind of been all over the map. Just, um, you know, he was in Oklahoma and he's played out in California, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's about 5'7, five, 5'8. Five, he's got to grow, but he, just his feel for the game, a great feel for the game. Uh, is always very composed, is a true point guard out there, gets the ball in the right spots, and he can shoot the ball from three. Pretty crafty guard. I think he has a very bright future. He was at the John Lucas camp. I think he was at the Pangos All-American camp, and he, he showed out pretty well over there. So he could be a nice little secret weapon as either a, a second-string point guard or a first-string or a third-string. However it all shakes out, I think he's going to have some impact in his freshman year. 
but the guy I thought really stood out and really played exceptionally well, especially at Butler, was Daniel Parrish, 6'4", uh, just transferred in from South Aiken for his senior year. He's got a 3.9 GPA. Herky-jerky lefty gets into the lane. It's not always the prettiest thing, but he, he gets the job done, has pretty good handles to maneuver his way past defenders and can use that off-arm to really slap away uh, defenders' arms that are trying to reach in there. But he can get into the paint. He's got some playmaker ability. He's got a little swagger to him, too. He can get the ball to open shooters and um, – he struggled finishing to start the summer, but he's gotten a lot better finishing at the rim now. And he was kind of hesitant to see where he fits into the offense. But uh, on Saturday, it looked like he really found his niche, and he 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 is good with being the lead dog and the go-to guy. And I thought he looked he looked very good. So uh, those two guys, along with the rest of the Aquinas bunch, uh, had a pretty decent summer. Got to get got to get everybody back and everyone healthy. But Aquinas, I think they should be one of the top teams in Augusta and should vie for a pretty deep postseason run if everything goes according to plan. So that's pretty much everything I saw over at the Butler shootout. And uh, with that, let's swing it over to the girls' action. And Miss Bree, are you still awake over there? I am still with you guys. Great insight there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's just start off. What do you want to start off with, at St. Pius or Georgia Tech? We'll go St. Pius first since that happened. That took place uh, first. Um, So, yeah, I did get to get out to St. Pius last Friday. Coach uh, Kyle Snipes invited me out there, so I was happy to be there. They had about eight teams on hand. Uh, Some of the the bigger dogs, I would say, Northview and Carrollton, Franklin County were out there. Um, Speaking of Carrollton and Franklin County, I'd say that's the best game I got to see on Friday. Um, Carrollton. You know, and Coach Sean Thomaston, they have a good team coming back. They they lost a few role players, but for the most part, they've got their main nucleus back for this upcoming season. And then Franklin County, they've got Maya Jones. She played extremely well. She's probably one of the best players I saw. She hit some shots from, I'd have to say, NBA range for threes. And all net, it was so smooth. Um, she's super versatile. She's about five. Mm, five five eight i'd give her um so she's long and 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 she's got some length to her she shot the ball very well but not only that she got to the basket really well um as far as defense you know there's got to be some more effort there but she has some pretty good competition on the other side Carrollton had taylor brown she's about five nine so they matched up well as far as size go uh she's an undersized forward i would say but she's got the ball handling skills to play guard if necessary um, she put up about 17 points and I had about four rebounds. Um, and what's so great about her is she's an undersized forward, but when you get matched up with those smaller guards, she can definitely take them into the post and uh, back them down. Her back-to-the-basket game was really, really exciting to watch. She finished really, really well. Um, she played a lot of good defense, plays really hard, has a lot of good effort in there, Um And like I said, she played great defense, but Maya Jones still ended up putting up 25, including those four threes from deep that I talked about earlier. So that was a really good matchup. Maya Jones has a sister that plays for Franklin County as well. Her name is Asia. She contributed a good bit. Those were the top two uh, scorers for Franklin County. She had 13. So I think Franklin County will be a team um, to look out for. They uh, can make a lot of noise, as well as Carrollton, who looks really, really solid. 
you got to tell me about this Damari Flournoy. Uh, I think she's – is she a uh, rising freshman? Rising freshman. you got to tell me more about her. I'm hearing good things about her. What she did you can see? definitely – she's, um, she's small right now, but like I said, she's a rising freshman. But she has an offensive game that I've, I haven't seen in a while for somebody her age. She put up 16 points on Franklin County. Um, they didn't really have anybody to answer anything she had going. She was super aggressive. Her handle is like, is it's unlike anything I've seen in a while. She, I remember one time she's coming down the left lane. She hits an in and out move into a scoop layup. And I was just like, man, this kid's, this kid's got some game to her. She, she shot the ball. Well, her, her jump shot could use some work, but she got him to go down. So I guess that's all that counts. Um, she keeps working on that. Working on her range, I think she'll be one of the best point guards in the state of Georgia. And we talked about Northview girls on our our last episode, so let's talk about who they played, and it looked like they played Brookwood. I hear Brookwood has some some major size inside. What did you see from the Broncos and new head coach, Coach Caroline Whitney? Yep, Coach Whitney. um, I think she ought to be excited about what they have going on. It's going to take some time, but they definitely do have some size coming in. Malia Grace um, played really well for the Broncos. She's pretty big. She had a good offensive game, mostly put back, rebounds and putbacks. Um, You know, with more footwork, I think she'll be a great player. They also have uh, Selma Kulo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She's, I give her 6'4". She's 6'4". I talked to her sister. She said she's only been playing basketball for about two years. Um, So her jump shot is there. It needs a little bit more work. Um, But naturally, she's 6'4", so she's snagging those rebounds in the paint for Brookwood. Um, She's going to run with EOTO um, in July. So it'll be interesting to see how much she improves uh, running with um, some pretty good and solid players for them. She had a few blocks along with uh, Malia Grace. Those two gave Maya Richards from Northview pretty much all that she wanted. Um, it got it got pretty intense there, um, but the physicality is there. They just need a little bit more skill work, I think, and Brookwood ought to be okay. Uh, Kiera Adams uh, had another solid outing. She's obviously the clear-cut leader for the Broncos here, um, replacing India Jones, um, but she played very well, playing point forward, um, getting some work done in the paint as well as Taylor Ann Cushenberry. She uh, ran the point guard spot when when Adams was in the paint for the most part. She got to the basket quite a few occasions, finished pretty well. Uh, She worked on her jump shot. I think she'll be a nice nice contributor for the Broncos. And Selma Kulo, uh, what's her body type like? Is she very thin? Does she have some muscle to her? Is she a, a thicker post player? What's she like for people that haven't seen her, such as myself? Sure. She's a uh, very long and lanky. She's got some thickness to her, not a lot of muscle. I think if she hits the weight room, she could definitely be a problem, but that's a big if. Um, for right now, she's just a big body that, you know, defenders are going to have a hard time getting around. Um, but like I said, if she puts some weight on her, some muscle, she could move people around and, and give a lot of people a hard time. And then in the championship game, it looks like North Forsyth played Franklin County, and we we covered Franklin County. What can you tell me about North Forsyth there? That's a team that had a transfer coming in. Uh, She can really score the ball from what I hear. She came from King's Academy. Uh, Catherine Shope, I believe, is her name. Yep. But uh, North Forsyth, I hear they bring back pretty much all their starters from last year, a a very good young team, and now they're just one year older. What did you see from the Raiders? 
Uh, I think they're going to be, like you said, very seasoned. I think they've got a lot of great chemistry that you really can't teach. It just comes from playing together. Um, but yeah, they had a, a, a few smaller guards who shot the ball very well. Um, they were able to handle Franklin County's uh, pressure. They got in the half court uh, sets and ran them very, very well. I can say that North Versailles has a very crisp offensive uh, attack and they ran through what they wanted to, to get through. They saw all the options, hit several different options on that Franklin County defense. Um, Amber Jones in particular shot the ball very well. I think she hit about four threes from deep. Um, and then they got a, a couple of players, uh, Cassie Markle, who will be going to the Peach Belt and playing with Georgia College. She played very, very well. She's long and athletic, snagged a few rebounds and took it took it uh, full court for finishes. Um, she made a lot of good plays, hitting the right people. But they've got a, a, a few players like that with that same body type who are just long and athletic, can uh, snag boards, hit the guards, and then run the break. So um, whether it be in the fast break or in the half court, I think their offensive attack is going to be very fun to watch. Yeah, Coach Herrick does an exceptional job over there. Absolutely. For, Forsyth County has always had a, a very proud girls basketball tradition. Jenna Stady at West Forsyth. Uh, South Forsyth, mm-hmm. having girls going to Maryland and all that. So Forsyth County has a lot of talent over there. Absolutely. And, uh, over in Atlanta, it looks like you're at Georgia Tech for the uh, the team camp, and someone that was not from Forsyth County, more like Peach <laughs> County. Tell me yep. about Tisha Almond. Yep. So as soon as I stepped into to the building on on Georgia Tech's campus, a little birdie whispered in my ear that Peach County had a guard that I should probably uh, go check out. Her name is Daisha Allman. I really hope I'm pronouncing that first name correctly. Um, but she definitely came to play. She's about five nine, another uh, longer, bigger guard playing point forward uh, for Peach County, um, and she played. A, a very interesting game. She's she's longer, like I said. Her attack was something that Mays had a hard time dealing with. Um, they played the reigning Class A, Class Six A state championship winners, Mays, and their defenders had a hard time with her. She stretched the floor for being so big. Um, she hit a lot of uh, deep shots. Her mid range game was there. Um, her attack was there. So she definitely posed a lot of offensive problems. Um, for Peach County, uh, she didn't have much offensive help. She kind of harried carried the bulk uh, of the load for them, and it was very impressive to watch. She's got some interest from Louisville and Kennesaw State as well as Georgia Tech, the team that hosted the the team camp. So her father told me that she's excited about um, the options she has presented to her. So it'll be interesting to see if she decides to stay in state or, or, or go elsewhere. And speaking of Mays, what is life going to be like with Kamaya Street now heading to Kennesaw State? Does Mays have anything left to try and uh, defend their title in Class 6A? I think they might be okay. Interesting that you uh, bring up Kennesaw State, Kamaya Street going there. It would definitely be interesting to see if Daisha Allman ended up there as well. That would be a tough, tough incoming freshman class for them. Um, but for Mays, Notoria Hill, I think, is going to be the the leader for them vocally and on the court. I think she's very, very aggressive. She's about 5'8". Um, gave a lot of offensive players heat. She uh, definitely got into some people. Was very aggressive defensively. Um, she got to the rim very well. Um, one aspect of her game I think could use some work is her mid-range game. I think with her ability to get to the basket, if she can you know, just use that step back and, and, and knock down that jump shot off the dribble from the free throw line, I think 
she would be very, very solid, as well as Sade Bell, another super aggressive defensive player whose mid-range game needs some work. But I think those two are going to lead lead the charge in the backcourt. But I think I think once they figure out their rotation, I think Mays will still be uh, a team to watch out for. And next, you got to tell me about Duluth. It looks like they have some upperclassmen that they're going to have to rely on with India Banks off in Miami now. Yep. Victoria Oglesby. I've been hearing that name for such a long time. I don't mm-hmm. really. I've never seen her play. I just know all I know is that she's always tearing up her knee and everything. But I hear when she's healthy, she can really play. Absolutely. She um, is a very, very solid player out of Duluth. She played in her younger days for Collins Hill, then transferred over a few years ago. Um, she she uh, verbally committed to Dayton. I think it was early on in her career. Then. Uh, about a year ago, opened up her, her uh, recruiting. She is a smaller guard. Um, she shoots the ball very, very, very well from deep, from mid-range. Her shot is one of the purest I've seen. Um, and this season for Duluth, she's going to have to carry a lot of the ball handling, which is going to be tough on her because she doesn't get much of a break. Um, she's definitely going to be in there for the majority of the game. Hopefully, uh, coach can get her a, a break uh, towards the end of the quarters, but she's going to handle a lot of the, uh, the ball handling for the Duluth. She's super aggressive. Um, shoots the ball well from the free throw line. So I think that'll be a bigger part of her game this year with her handling the ball so much is getting to the basket, finishing or getting to the free throw line and knocking those down. Um, but Zaniah Williams and Tori Walker in the post, um, two longer, lankier guard, uh, forwards. They're going to have a big year. I think they, uh, both, um, go, strong to the boards they they offensive rebound they put back uh they help victoria oglesby break pressure um and so i think they're going to lean on those three i think if they want to compete with a team like collins hill in that region they're going to have to find another person um they've got a lot of freshmen who are going to have to grow up really fast and help victoria oglesby bring the ball up and, and and do something with that pressure that'll be that'll be a telltale sign for duluth i think and lastly i want to ask you about two wings guards that I really liked last year when I saw them play Mm St. Francis when uh, Harrison was down a couple key players. But I really like Sarah Woke here and and Mae Willis just because of their athleticism and they bring some aggressiveness. What did you see from them over at Georgia Tech? Absolutely. Sarah Woke had an absolutely monster game um, against uh, Peach County as well as against Mays. Um, She's very aggressive. She's a bigger body, but a smaller guard forward. I think she can play a little both. Um, She's undersized, but she's very, very aggressive. Um, She was very good on the boards, snagging boards, and just moving people out of the way in the paint. I think her her strength is something that's very um, underestimated. Um, and when she got a lot of those offensive boards or when she attacked the rim, she finished very, very well. It's almost like you had to wrap her up completely to stop her from getting the and one. Um, so if she um, continues to do that, um, stays in the weight room and works on her mid-range game as well, I think she's going to be just an absolute stud for the Hoyas. Um, and then Mae Willis, super, super, super scrappy, uh, which is something I love to see. Um no one wants to handle the ball when she's around, I don't think. She gets into you and makes you think about your next move. Um, you don't want to cross the ball over in front of her because that's going to be an easy steal and a layup on the other end. She's super quick. Um, she got to the basket very well, got to the free throw line a lot. So super, super aggressive. 
Um, so I think those two players are going to be absolutely great for Harrison. And then Harper Vic, um, she does, she did what she always does, um, was super consistent, um, scored the ball, leaked out a lot. Nobody could really keep up with her on the floor. Um, so she got a lot of easy layups and transition. She shot the ball well. So Harrison's in really, really good shape to make another run at a state championship title. I agree. I agree. I think they do have a lot of good pieces left and just a, a sour taste in their mouth after coming up so short. Absolutely. To, to Mays when I, I still, to this day, I feel like Harrison was a better team. They just didn't have a great game. They just mm-hmm. they missed a couple layups around up close and Kamaya Street just went insane. And when she yeah. goes crazy and pours in like 25 points, it's it's just tough to stop them. And Mays got a lot of help. A lot of their other guards really did step up and had some nice games. So um, that that's what happens to win a state championship. So, Bree, I, I want to thank you for your incredible insight on the girls' side. It looks like we covered pretty much everything from St. Pius and Georgia Tech. If there's anything else, just let me know. I think that about does it. Thank you so much. Excellent. So, Ramin, it looks like we covered boys' basketball from all over the state of Georgia. We covered some girls' basketball from – from Atlanta uh, at Georgia Tech in St. Pius. What, what's next for us, Ramin? What's next? I know you've been keeping up with the transfer carousel on sandyspiel.com, and I know we've been talking about getting around to doing it. Other things keep popping up here and there, but we will definitely get back around to doing a transfer special. We'll be talking about teams, players moving, and which teams can benefit as a result. And, you know, we're not that far away from the regular season. I know that's something we've been looking at, both players and teams coming up, heading towards these 2018 season. Yeah, we have a a dead period coming up soon, so we won't have too much uh, summer league basketball to report on. So I think next week, unless something crazy happens, we might take a look at the transfers on both the boys' and the girls' side. Uh, if there's enough there to cover, I know there is on the boys' side, and the the quality of the transfers on the girls' side might not be the quantity just yet, but the quality of transfers with all these all-state girls changing hands, I think that is uh, a lot of talking points right there. And everybody else, we have some uh, some polls, sidebar polls, top players. Uh, top point guard, top shooting guard, all that on the sidebar for the class of 2018. And uh, I think in the next few weeks we'll have something very exciting coming to sandyspill.com. I don't want to release it just yet. But with that in mind, I want to thank Bree Singleton and Trent Markwith and Ramin Forgani for all joining us today. And we will see you next week.